Father, thank you, Lord, that we are able to uh, just worship you and to uh, praise you for who you are. Uh, thank you, Lord, for sending your uh, your son uh, to die in in our place, uh, that we may be redeemed back to you and our sins forgiven and uh, be recipients of uh, eternal life and and the glorious joy and hope of, of being with you in eternity. Uh, so far, we're uh, just so grateful. And, and we don't have enough words uh, to express our gratitude for your love and your grace and your mercy. Uh, but we just simply say we thank you, we praise you, and we love you. It's your name we pray. Amen. 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 Gives me great honor and privilege to welcome to our meeting uh, this evening uh, a guy who is not only fit as a fiddle, uh, <laughs> but also loves the Lord and loves the Word. And um, and I just had to put this disclaimer in so that the ladies can focus. Um, he is taken already, so <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. Um, so you can focus on the message. Um, <laughs> I am so bad. But no, it's truly um, it's an honor to welcome Eric Nelson, uh, who is the program director at ALC, to be our guest speaker tonight. So if we can give him a warm ignition welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Mishlo. Um I've never used one of these things before, so you guys got to give me a little little grace here. All right, well, let's start with a word of prayer, okay? Um, Jesus, we're just so thankful, God, for, for your love and your grace and, and your mercy and, Lord, and all the rain that's been happening, God, and, and Lord, all the unseen things that um, are going on, Lord, that you, you are doing and the, and the work that you're doing in our lives, God, we just thank you for that. We give you the praise and, and the recognition that you deserve. Lord, and so we just ask, Lord, that you uh, you give us your spirit tonight. Lord, you fill us with your spirit, Lord, so that we can receive your word and um, we can be blessed by it. And so we just pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right. So good evening, everyone. How's everyone doing? Good. All right. That was pretty lame. You guys are asleep? What? What's going on? How's everyone doing? All right. That's a little better. That's not a lot better, but that's okay. It's a start. It's a good start. I want to thank um, Michelo for inviting me and, and uh, Calvary Bible. Um, obviously, the, in the Bahamas, they have the highest number of churches, I guess, from what I understand, uh, per capita. And so, in the world, they say, that's what I've heard. So, there's a lot of churches, and I've been to a lot of churches. Um, I've been to a lot of churches here in the Bahamas, and I can truly say Calvary Bible um, is definitely, um, if not my favorite. You know, there's a, a lot of amazing people here. People that love the Lord and people also that are, are serious about God and doing the works of God. And I think as far as um, the fruit of that, you guys see, if you guys, any of you witnessed the mission conference that was here a couple, um, maybe a month ago or two, um, the amount of people that Calvary Bible supports as missionaries and also just the, um, the, the influence they have on the church community is amazing. And you know, God is really blessing it. So I'm honored to be here and, and Michelo, I've known Michelo for the last five or six years and Jen, his wife. Um, and uh, just never, I don't think I've ever seen Michelo not smiling or something. So, you know, he's a, he's a good guy, and um, 
Um, yeah, I'm blessed to know him and blessed to know Jen. So thank you for having me. Um, if you guys have your Bibles, you could turn to Revelation chapter 3. All right? Give you guys a second to do that. Let me um, talk a little bit about myself. I can introduce myself. My name is Eric. I'm the program director at the Eventual Learning Center. And basically what that means is um, I run the program, make sure it's going well, making sure that um, we're doing an effective job of preaching the gospel. And also, uh, if you guys don't know what the Eventual Learning Center is, it's a place where we do a, a field trip day, field trip experience, <laughs> where they, they the kids get to come in and through science and education, get a chance to, to hear the gospel. And so for about 10,000 kids a year, more or less, we get to share the gospel with them. And um, I definitely have gotten the opportunity to see so many kids come to know Jesus through it, and I believe it's an amazing ministry. So I'm from California. Anyone ever been to California? One person? Yeah? Michelle, you been there too? All right, we got a couple people from you guys been to California. What do you guys know about California? Lakers? Anybody a Laker fan in here? Yeah, what happened? Man? Man, I'm so, I'm so mad. So, Lakers my first team, Heat's my second team. So, I'm still, I still got one in there, alright? So, I'm a, I'm a Laker fan. We got the, um, the Padres, that's the baseball team in San Diego. We got the Chargers. But, besides all those things, in Southern California, the thing that I love to do most is surf. Has anyone sur- ever surfed before? But one person, too? Yeah? I, lo- I love to surf. Every day I'm watching surf videos, watching the surf contests. I grew up skateboarding and snowboarding. Um, in, in high school, I, I, I wrestled, I played football. I did uh, track and field, soccer, baseball, um, pretty much every sport you can think of. You know, I love, like the outdoors. I like to be active. Um, my family is in, all my family is in Southern California. Um, so tonight I'm here with my lovely girlfriend, Brittany. She's in the blue up over here. Um, and so I get a chance to be a part of the Adventure Learning Center, and it's an awesome thing. I love the Bahamas. The Bahamas is a really neat place, and I'm very blessed to be here. And you guys are blessed to live here. It's a really awesome place. And so let's begin. We're in Revelation chapter 13. I mean, sorry, 3. Whoop. Now, I don't know if anyone's actually kind of read or, or even tried to read any bit of Revelation. Has anyone read any of it? Got a couple hands, couple hands. Okay, now, give me just some basic words that you would say when you read Revelation. What, what comes to mind? End times, okay. What else? Tribulation, all right. Trials? Seven. Seven, okay. That's a lot, yeah, seven, seven churches, seven stars, seven seals, seven years, you know, yeah. Um, there's a lot of sevens. What else? How not to do church. church. Very good. That's very good. Yes. Jesus, after the resurrection, he spoke to John, the Apostle John, the guy John who is the beloved John, right? He spoke to John, and through this miraculous time when John was on an island called Patmos, which means my killing, you know, Jesus was speaking to John and telling him to write these letters to the seven churches that were in that area. Jesus had a message for these seven churches. So, chapter 3, we're going to talk about this seventh letter to the seventh church. Okay? And so we're going to talk about what it is and, and um, talk about some of the meaning for, from it. So, verse 14, it starts and it says, And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write... Now, let, let me stop right there. 
See, there's three ways that you can interpret revelations, right? You can interpret it personally, which that means, what is it speaking to me? How is it speaking to me? You can interpret um, prophetically, the church that, you know, this is written to a church in the future. Um, and um, personally, prophetically, and also literally, okay? So what, what Jesus had to say to that church back then, okay? So what I want us to do is, is, is focus on the personally, personally, and for the church, the prophetic church that we're going to talk about. And so this is talking to a specific church time in the future, and I, what I believe in, um, you know, I'm not dogmatic about this, but I believe that this is the time that they're talking about, the, la- the, the lukewarm church, they call it, okay? It says, these things says the Amen, and Jesus is speaking, um, this is what he's calling himself, the Amen, okay? Does anybody know what Amen means? But Terrence, what do you, what do you, what do you think this means? I don't know. The Amen? I'm a good, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so Jesus is describing all these things. He says, I am the Amen can also be translated the beginning and the end, okay? And so he's using using different ways to, de- to describe himself, okay? And he says, these things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, okay? The beginning of the creation of God. I know your works. He's speaking to the church, all right? I know your works, that you were neither hot nor cold, and I could wish that you were hot or cold, so then because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Now, this isn't the happy Jesus, the, you know, the smiley Jesus that we always think about, right? This is the, the Jesus that, you know, he's, he's got like fiery eyes and, you know, he's got a sword coming out of his mouth and, you know, he's pretty, pretty crazy looking, you know, he, he's, he's, he means business. And so he says, you know, I wish you were hot or cold, right? And what is he talking about? He's saying hot or cold, right? But what he's saying is, you know, another word for hot could be passionate, right? Now, Bahamians, they say, you know, oh, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to say, but, you know, they say if somebody's really hot for someone, you know, they're kind of passionate, right? You know, they got the blood pumping, you know, the, the, the blood is heating up. You know, Jesus is saying, are you hot or cold? You know, but you're neither hot nor cold. Now, cold is obviously, if you're cold towards someone, what are you? You know, you're, you're cold, you're, 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 you're not obviously having a warm embrace, you're distant, you know? And Jesus is saying, you're not hot or cold, you're lukewarm. You're like, I just don't even care. You know, yeah, yeah, I, I know the truth. I, I believe, but I just don't care. You know, I, I got other things to deal about. You know, other things are more important. And this is what he's saying. You're not hot or cold, so what am I going to do? I'm going to what? Spit you out. Yeah, very good. I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. I'm going to spit you out. All right? And he says right here. Now, you look at the, the church, especially in, in the States, you, in the Caribbean, things like this. If you're making $18,000 a year, you're, you have, you're richer than 95% of the people in the world. 95% of the people in the world. And if you have a stove, a microwave, a toilet, running water, plumbing, all those things, you're like in the 96, 97% in the world of, of, of being wealthy. And this is what he's saying right now. I mean, we're, we are so comfortable right now in the Bahamas and, and that, you know, we don't really have anything to worry about. And this is what he's saying. He says, because you say I am rich, you become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you, don't, you do not know that you are naked. You are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and I have white garments, that you may be clothed. And so Jesus is saying, you know, he's saying, you guys, you guys think you guys have your all, you got your, you know, you got your, your hats, you got your watches, you got all these excess, you got all these different things. You know, I got a watch. And... 
you know, he's saying, you, you think you got it going on. You got the latest, you know, whatever. I don't know what you guys dress with. Obey or whatever it might be, you know. But he's saying, you know what? Really what you are spiritually, what you are spiritually, are blind. You know, even though you might have the money, you might have the new iPhone, you're poor spiritually. You know, and this is what matters is what God is seeing. This is what matters what God's saying. You might have this, the newest ride. You know, you might have the 24-inch rims. You might have all these things. But to Jesus... To the one that counts, you're poor, you're blind, you're miserable, and you're naked. And especially in the olden times when this was written, one of the greatest shames someone could have was to become naked. You know, That revealed who they were in a personal way that was only supposed to be between a man and a woman. I mean, a husband and a wife, more directly. So, um, And he's saying, this is how I see you right now. And this is what he's doing. Jesus is now giving them... Um, something to think about. He's saying, this is what I want you to do. He says, I cancel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and have white garments. White garments are purity. That's what it represents. And that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may be not revealed and anoint your eyes with eye self so that you may see. Because most people, you know, they go through life and they think, okay, you know, I, I got, you know, I got a little bit of money. I got a job. You know, I, I got some nice things. God must be blessing me. But he's saying this isn't the case. He says, anoint your eyes with eye salve so that you can see because you are blind. You know, this, these are not the things that are important in life. He says, and as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. And so what that's saying, God, it, guys, is that God is saying, you know what? The reason why I'm telling you this and this might, you know, this might hurt is because I love you. I want you to have a relationship with me. OK, but remember what he says. He says, I'm going to spit you out of your mouth if you're not hot or cold. OK. Now, let's go back a little bit to, um, to the book of Matthew, okay? Now, this is the end times, right? He's speaking to the churches before Jesus comes back, and even before then, before the rapture, okay? And he keeps on saying to these, thing, um, to these churches, he's, he's telling them, if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. You know, he calls, Jesus calls us to watch and pray. He calls us to watch and pray because, he says, like, he, like you've heard before, he's going to come and the thief of the night. Okay? So it's Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. I'll give you guys a second to turn there. It says, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were... And he's talking about Noah, obviously, because... See, Noah... During the times of Noah, Noah was counseling the people to repent. He's counseling the people to get right with God. You know, he's telling the people, look, this is what matters. And no one listened to him. And so what happened was they'd never seen rain before. They didn't listen to the messenger of God. And so they're like, okay, this crazy guy's building a boat. You know, I don't know what a boat is. What's boat? There was no water around. What was the point of the boat? You know, so this guy, this guy's building a boat and he's building it for a hundred and 30 years or something like that, something close to that. You know, and he builds it day in, day out, and he's preaching this message, but no one's listening. And he's saying, this is what's going to happen if you guys don't repent. He's like, this is what's going to happen if you guys don't change your ways and get right with God. All right? And so this is what Jesus is saying. He says, this is like this. He says, but in the days of Noah, were so also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving to marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men, this is important, this is verse 40, it says, Then two men will be in the field. One 
will be taken and the other left. Okay, two, two men working side by side each other. All right. And this is speaking of the rapture, I believe. It says, verse 41, two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Okay. They're just side by side. All of a sudden, gone. Okay. Verse 43 says, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what the hour the thief had come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And so clearly right now, um, the sign of the times is what we're talking about. There is this ministry that goes around. Um, if you guys ever heard of the ministry called Patmos, there's another ministry that is run by the same pe- um, people to go around churches. And it's called the Awakening. Because their whole goal is to wake up the church, because the church is sleeping. That's why God or Jesus tells us to watch and pray. He says, "Don't sleep. Just watch and pray," because the church is asleep most of the time. You know, they're so more concerned about different things than being hot or passionate for Jesus Christ. Now, the question is, is, is why aren't we passionate for Jesus? You know, what are the things that are influencing us? Who are the people that are influ- influencing us? Why, what is the reason? Why is the reason that, you know, we're not excited or passionate about Jesus? Now, is, is Jesus cool? Anybody? Is Jesus cool? Most people would say, probably not. If you're in church, you're like, yeah, Jesus is cool, yeah. You go outside your school and they're like, whoop, uh, no way. So Jesus, why is Jesus cool? Who is cool? You go, oh, uh, Tim Tebow, that guy's pretty cool, or, you know, Rihanna, or Chris Brown, you know, all these people that really, you know, don't, they're so blind. Not Tim Tebow, he's a godly man, but you know, these people, you look at Tyler Perry, or you look at you know, all these type of people that um, you know, really aren't in the center and will of God. You know? And there's some people that you don't really know about that are humble and loving, that is like the most commendable people that you could be influenced by. But most of the time, we're influenced by all these other people, right? And so, you know, we kind of dress after them and, you know, we sing, listen to their music and, you know, we really, we're, we're worshiping, worshiping them in a sense, you know. We're watching the way that they dress and watching their hair and reading about hair and magazines and seeing what the latest trend is. And that's like becomes the God, you know. But these people, like Jesus says, they may be rich, but to him, they're, they're poor, they're blind, they're miserable, they're naked, you know. And to him... You know, it's, it's, it's so sad, and it grieves him. And it's like, who are the biggest influences of our life? Why aren't we passionate? What are we passionate about? Are we passionate about politics? Are we talking about, you know, the PLP, the DNA, the FNM? You know, are we talking about, you know, the, the, the latest trend? What, what is it? What are our passions? And why aren't we passionate for Jesus? Why aren't we just running so hot for God that everyone around us is like, dude, that guy, he's a Jesus freak. If someone calls me a Jesus freak... And that is probably the biggest compliment you could ever say, because that is the only reason that we're all here, and the whole reason why we're created for is to love God. And so, anyways, I think Jesus is pretty cool. I'm gonna tell you guys a couple of facts of why I think Jesus is cool. I'm gonna say this: Did you guys know that in the human body there is 59,951 miles of blood vessels? Let me say that again. 59,951 miles of blood vessels in the human body. That means that in your body, in this body right here, with the amount of veins, you could go around the world two and a half times. Now think about that. How incredible is that, that God created someone so unique and so miraculously to have that? I mean, that is absolutely incredible. Now you look at, you know, there's kind of like a tropical storm um, forming right now. 
But what's interesting, it goes around 100 miles per hour, maybe at some of its highest um, levels of wind. But just the human body, when you sneeze, you sneeze out 100 miles per hour. You know, you're like a little mini cyclone, little mini hurricane. You see someone that's sick, you know, they're blowing. You're like, dude, get that away from me. Has anyone ever seen a slow-mo video of like when someone sneezes? It's the most disgusting thing. Don't watch it. It like it like goes from like here like all the way to the back because it's going so fast. It's going like 100 miles an hour. That's amazing. It's going. The, God is so amazing. You know, He is so cool, especially when you have a relationship with Him, because you you get all this kind of neat favor. And let me tell you a reason why. So the question is, is Jesus cool? Jesus is super cool. All right. This is. Let me give you a little instance. All right. I'm a missionary. You know, I don't really get paid. Um, so I have to depend on God. And so I like to spearfish. I, I love spearfishing. And I always wanted to go scuba diving, right? And so I was looking at the scuba diving ads here in the Bahamas. And I was like, man, it would be so neat if I could go scuba diving, right? But I didn't have the money. So I just said, okay, God, I'm just going to lay that down. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to trust you. You're a good God. And so anyways, I said, you're a good God. You know, next day I got dengue fever. So I was like, all right, praise you, Jesus. <laughs> I got dengue fever. So I had dengue fever for about four or five days, right? And luckily I had some um, papaya leaf extract from um, from uh, one of the trees, and it, and it healed me, and it, um, I was getting better. I was still really weak. You know, I was pretty miserable, but I decided to go down and, and kind of do a half day's at work. And so my boss, he asked me if he could clean the planetarium, all right? And so I was like, okay, I'll clean the planetarium. And uh, I decided to do, I wanted to do it well, do it right. And so I took out all the chairs and I vacuumed everything and I made sure it was spotless and I spent about four hours doing it. And I was just exhausted afterwards because I was still really weak. And so anyways, in the back, I found all these different things. I found this trash and all this, you know, candy from all these people. And, you know, in the back, I saw this little iPod, right? And so I was like, oh, okay, an iPod. It was like a, you know, kind of like a, it's an iPhone, but like a version of this iPod. And so... I took it out. There's a number on the back. I'd never seen a number back on, a, on the back of an iPod. And so anyways, I, I emailed the number, and I said the address, and I said, you know, I found your iPod. Anyways, later that day, I got a phone call. And he said, hey, you know, thank you so much. really appreciate your honesty. You know, I really, really, really thank you so much. You know, my daughter's been looking for this for over a year. And so about an hour, she said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have someone come pick it up. And about an hour later, someone come picks it up in this van, and he hands me a note. And I was like, I clean it up for her, try to make it real nice. And so I, I opened the note, and it says, thank you letter. At the bottom says, thank you very much. Um, I think it's Casey Cove or something like that. And then the bottom were two free um, uh, passes to go scuba diving, you know? And I was like, God, you are so neat. You know, I didn't tell anyone about that. I didn't tell anyone this is what I want. You know, all I did was just trust God, and he just totally blessed me. That's how cool God is, and God has done so many amazing things like that in my life where he knows what I'm, you know, where I'm at, and he just does cool things. You know, he knows um, what I love, and he knows the, the desires of my heart, and he knows the desires of your guys' hearts, and he wants to bless you guys. He, man, God is so cool, and I'm telling you this. Um... Yeah, Jesus, he's like, uh, let me tell you about my Jesus, okay? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you guys a little bit about my Jesus. I put together a little spoken word for you. Never done this before, so give me a little little, um, little break right here. It says, all right, this is Jesus who claimed the raging sea, who calmed the raging sea decisively, purposely, sacrificially, lovingly. This is Jesus whose blood was shed for you and me. 
Everything you see through him was created perfectly. And through him, there is a life abundantly. Kings, queens, movie stars, politicians will all bow their knee. Death and darkness sees him and flees. He is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He gives the blind a chance to see. Jesus, our savior, will reign eternally. No more pain, no more tears, no more trials and no more fears. This is what awaits to he who loves him internally. Jesus, sweet Jesus, my life is yours to keep. And Jesus, I'm passionate about Jesus. I love Jesus. He is so amazing. And if you give him a chance, he will bless you beyond your wildest dreams. And it might not be with your Gucci shades or, you know, with, you know, the, the newest hat or whatever it might be. It might even be. Who knows? But he will bless you beyond measure. I mean, who wants peace in their life? Who wants joy? Who wants um, a purpose in their life? You know, not just doing the same old thing, laughing at the same old jokes, but doing something that you love, doing something that's meaningful and worthwhile. Jesus gives that to you. You know, it's a beautiful thing. And Jesus is an awesome God. So the thing is, guys, we're going to turn to one more um, verse. And it's in Matthew chapter 10. I think I'm almost running over, so let's kind of close up right here. So Matthew 10.33, we'll start in verse 32. It says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Okay, and you're saying, you know, yeah, I'll say, I'll say, you know, I know Jesus. I'll say that, you know. I'll tell my friends, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. In the Bahamas, that's easy. Everyone's a Christian, you know? I mean, there's, there's probably, you know, almost 99% of the population is a Christian. But when do you deny Jesus? Do you deny, do you, do you deny Jesus when he's knocking on your heart and asks you to change? Or do you deny Jesus when he's saying, come spend some time with me? Or when he's saying, you haven't read your Bible for a while, you know? Are we denying Jesus? And I believe, I know I deny Jesus all the time. You know, Jesus wants to spend time with you. The God of, the creator of the universe wants to spend time with you. Now, Prince Henry comes down here to the Bahamas for about five seconds, and the whole country wants to go and check him out. But God, the creator of the universe, wants to spend time with you, and we're too busy. You know, doesn't that, that make sense to you? That doesn't make sense to me. And he lives inside of you, especially if you have the Holy Spirit. You can have the most amazing fellowship and talk to them. There's a real thing that happens. Now, if you grow up in the Christian church, you know, you hear about Jesus all the time. Jesus this, Jesus that. Your mom's like, oh, Jesus this, Jesus that. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. But, you know, if you don't really know that for yourself, if you can't experience that kind of love, that kind of um, community with Jesus yourself, you're going to go downhill because you're not hot and you're not cold. And Jesus is going to spit you out because Jesus says, what he says, and that's true. Now, I can tell you from my own testimony that I grew up in the church just like a lot of you guys. And I got lukewarm. And Jesus let me, because I got lukewarm, go through all sorts of not fun things. Let me tell you. If you want to know about him, I could tell you about him um, at some point, but not, not fun, you know? And because I was lukewarm and I was not passionate or uh, and, and it actually brought me to the place of being cold. It, but that was actually a good thing, because when you're cold, that's when God can start really working on you. You know, because when you get cold, you get broken. You become out of fellowship, and you want to change. You do anything you can. You get desperate. You say, okay, God, I am desperate to change. I cannot be in this place anymore. Okay? 
And so, guys, I want to encourage you guys tonight. If you guys are not passionate about God, and if you see, feel God speaking to your heart and saying, you know what, man, I want that. I want to be passionate. Just tell him. Tell him you want to be passionate. And he will fill you up. There's sometimes when I don't feel passionate, you know, but then I say, God, you know, I need your passion. You know, I need your love. I need your grace. And he gives it to me. And so Jesus is here for us, and he wants to bless us. And through him, man, we can just be so on fire for God and passionate about something that really matters that's eternal. Because everything else in the world will fade away. You know, if you guys are music fans, you know, sports fans, fans of fashion, whatever it might be, those things fade away. But Jesus, that's going to be eternal. You're going to be in that relationship for the rest of your life. And if you don't know Jesus then it's the opposite. You're not going to have a relationship with him for the rest of eternity, which is a bad thing. So why don't we just um, close up right now with a word of prayer. And um, I'm just going to pray for you guys. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what your, your, where your hearts are or, or um, how, where you are with God. But my prayer will be that you guys will be passionate and you guys will um, be hot, not cold, um, and really, really seek God after your own heart. Paul says, real quick, 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, he says, For I am determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He says all the rest of it doesn't matter. I'm determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you, God. We pray for, um, Lord, for your spirit, Lord, just to ignite a passion and a fire in our lives. God, we pray that you would just bless us, God, with that. And pray that um, for those of us that are like, I don't care. I don't, I don't want passion. I don't want anything. Lord, I pray that you touch their hearts, Lord. I pray that you soften their hearts, Lord, so that they would be um, able to really get to experience you, God, because you're what it's all about, Lord. It's not about American Idol, Lord. It's not about um, this latest trend. It's not about any of, that, any of those things, Lord. It's all about you. And so, Lord, we just thank you, God. We praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. 